Clovercrest Media proudly presents Divided We Stand. Divided We Proudly Stand. We're gonna have a little fun tonight. We're gonna talk about some terrible things. I could have said, Mitt, drop to your knees. He would have dropped to his knees. You're fired. Starring Joe Aguirre and Brian Forster. Very fine people on both sides. I didn't come along and divide this country. I think it's a disgrace. I stand here ready to work with you. Let me talk quiet. And we will make America great again. Divided. We stand not as two parties, but as one nation. I want to start off today's show by addressing a post on our Facebook page, of all things. It was uh, entitled, uh, Cracker Barrel says it won't host an event by a Tennessee church whose pastor was a detective who preached that the government should execute gay people. Uh, it was a topic that we had posted up on the page, and and right away, uh, based on that, I'm sure people didn't even necessarily read it, branded as a liberal news network of some sort. And that is just not accurate. If that's what brands you as liberal news, like caring about other people, Right. Then yeah, we're we're definitely liberal. Oh, oh my god. Now there's people that wanna you wanna protest Cracker Barrel. Uh, why? Right. You know, look the whole the whole thing about Christianity, right? The the golden rule Coming out of swinging. Christianity. Let's go. Let's go. I was a Christian for a very, very long time. Okay. And and somebody even pointed out there's a lot of gay people. I think forty percent of gay people identify as Christian because of one thing. It's the message. Of Jesus Christ, do unto others the golden rule. Love thy neighbor. I mean, I don't remember where he said except for the gays. I don't remember that being a thing for him. Well, that's when you need somebody to interpret it for you. I don't need anyone to interpret it. I know what I know. I have more issues with Cracker Barrel and the fact that who buys stuff in the store? You could probably just get rid of the store and just put in more tables. You definitely could. No one's shopping at Cracker Barrel. That's right. You're waiting to get in there or what? Buying uh, some trinkets? Here's my whole thing. If you are a libertarian-minded person who doesn't want the government all up in people's business, it's got to apply to everybody and everything. It's not your job to decide the fate of homosexuals in the country and and what, what eternal life might be or mean for them. Don't worry about it. See, that seems very reasonable. Yes. So that's liberal news for you. Yeah. Is that the deep state telling you? It must what, be. Yeah, it's my sense. deep state talking points for this week. Oh, God. If your religion is telling you to hate a certain somebody or uh, uh, hate a certain sin or a certain way of life, get a new religion. We talk about how active you are on Facebook, and this week was no exception because you were out there throwing punches. You were an equal opportunity uh, interactor this week, that's for sure. (laughs) I love, listen, I want to interact with the fans. That's what it's all about. We put a lot of time and effort and research into putting on a show here to update you on what's going on. There's no agenda. This was actually a six-hour Cracker Barrel conversation edited down <laughs> to about, what, two and a half minutes. Some say you're welcome. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll, I'll hit you off hard today. Donald Trump said that uh, he's... We're, we'll get into this Iran thing in a minute, but... but uh, he was he had ordered a, a retaliatory strike and then mm-hmm. backed off it now. So he's a warmonger and now he's a dove. He says he's neither one. 
he's a common sense person. Oh For my goodness! I, I, well, listen. He's not the guy to be giving that lesson, but that's where I'm coming from these days in politics. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago when Wayne Edwards was here. Common sense. Let let's just boil things down to like, well, this but, just makes sense. But you look with the whole Iran situation. I give President Trump credit. I do because you know what? This is not what anyone wants. They shot down an unmanned drone, and you know what? That's not that's not a good situation. But they also think that it was a. It was an officer, a tactical officer, and it wasn't coming from the Ayatollah. So it could have been somebody who just oh saw it, shot it down. Like you don't need to escalate this into a, the next huge war in the Middle East because of one officer shooting something down, getting trigger happy and shooting something down. Credit Donald Trump, and we don't say that often, but yeah. credit Donald Trump for not hitting the button. Basically, he said he was about what ten minutes away, and he said, you know what, it doesn't. It's not a proportional reaction, killing 150 people over an unmanned drone being down. I know you want to be tough, and I know your base wants you to be tough. You got guys like Bolton in there saying, pull the trigger, let's go. No, wait, that was was Targaryen, but you get it. Yeah, same thing. (laughs) Uh, Look, look, Donald Trump showed some restraint. I, I will give him credit for that. You're right, it's an unmanned drone. It wasn't like they fired a projectile towards Guam. Right. It it could have been a lot worse. Donald Trump, I think, made the right move here, but it was it was his explanation of things that even Fox News were like, wait a minute. So you guys ordered this strike. You went over everything before you gave the go except for how many people were going to be killed. Right. Right. And so he must by the way, he had that information and the the strikes ordered. Do you think And then he's like, wait, no. He's no, like, I can't do it. Hmm. I feel like we covered everything. That changes things. Yeah, uh, there was. This would be the first. This would be the first question he asked. There was a the, lot of questions. What's the damage? Uh, here's the, so right, right, like, why why lie? Why 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 would he lie and and like? I just don't understand it. I, he I don't does understand it why every can, time. You continue to ask yourself why the president <laughs> why lie because that's what he does. Your first thought, your natural uh. instinct, is to lie. You're gonna lie. Now look, uh, the drone that was shot down cost over a hundred million dollars. So I mean, oh, that's is, not nothing for sure. There there needs to be right. some sort of retaliation. But then I I guess the other question that comes into play is. And I and I don't know if I've necessarily heard this asked, but is it possible the reason we didn't retaliate against Iran is because their friend Russia said don't? I don't think so. I think there's a lot of things we have so many so many interests obviously in in the Middle East. Iran could get involved with all of it. Troops, you know, you're, Iraq, Afghanistan, all these places. Iran is right there. You could you're escalating a situation when you should be using diplomacy and talking. I mean, you got a country that says death to America. Because we don't want to go to war with Iran doesn't mean that we're weak. Well, listen here. Look, Iran doesn't want to go to war with us. Sure. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a war they will lose, and a war they would lose quickly. And again, it would set off catastrophic events in the Middle East. If, you, if Iran were to come at us legit, declare war, Israel would invade them in uh, like an hour. Israel was pretty quiet during this whole situation. They turned the Golan Heights into Trump Heights, and they pretty much were like, your move, whatever you want to do. If you're Israel, 
isn't it easier to let Donald Trump annihilate Iran and you're just like, we eh, didn't do anything. So uh, we'll give the president some credit on that. However, uh, his own party gave it to him again. The Senate voted to block the Trump administration from selling weapons to Saudi Arabia, launching a new challenge to the president's alliance with that country amongst uh, tensions in the Middle East. This resolution passed 53-45. Saudi Arabia doesn't like Iran. Right. You guys take care of that for us. Sure. I mean, you're 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 making you're making bedfellows like out either. of the Saudis and, and the Israelis. I mean, that's something else. But whenever you bring up Saudi Arabia, you always have people then crying. Well, Obama just did it behind closed doors. Yes, that's not that's not incorrect. But you know, have some have some. I'd rather you do it behind closed doors. Please like, do oh, it behind oh, closed you doors. You just murdered a journalist. Cool. Come on down. Like that's terrible. That's not yeah. what you want. Is that what you want? Yeah, and we'd prefer to be killed behind closed doors. Let's let the WWE lead the public front into the Saudi Arabia. It's nice to see the Republican Party stand up to the president. <laughs> it, it, they don't do it enough. And I, I thought you said that sarcastically. Oh, no. Okay. I mean, look, you know, ultimately Trump will, will veto the legislation, so it's not, it's not really going to matter. Sure. Uh, Congress has really done a great job of making itself... Um, Be like Jared, we got to talk about this. Yeah, they're what do they're you think? Pretty powerless at this point to stop this president, you know. And obviously, having Mitch McConnell in the Senate, he doesn't he doesn't care. I don't know what his end game is or how he thinks this is all going to play out. But well, we didn't talk about the John Stewart stuff and Mitch McConnell at all either. Uh, how he gave a very impassioned plea for nine eleven. Uh, first responders to get the funding they need. He's Isn't saying, that ridiculous? Well, he just said, make it a standalone bill. But when he he said that, you know, you have the Senate, they always put pork on it and they're always adding on to it. And Mitch McConnell's retort was basically, well, that's the way it works around here. It was it was it was ridiculous. It's stunning that it's 2019 and 2001. Why, why I mean, are you kidding you me? You would get unanimous support for a standalone bill. Fun 9-11 first responders. Who Brian, I would, I would love go for to my show? campaign opponent. Doesn't this go to show how broken our Congress is? That here's a the give me of all gimmies. Right. Right. Who's that's against a, this bill? That's a win. That's an easy win. You guys don't do any work. You don't work together on anything. Here's a no-brainer gimme bill. Right. Again, for Mitch but McConnell, the, the a chance defense to... is like, how dare you? How dare you think that we were actually going to do something that makes sense? It's, it's crazy when Donald Trump's the person talking about common sense, and the only person in Washington who's talking but about common just, sense. It's just like everything else. It's just rhetoric. It's just rhetoric because when it comes time to actually do something, right. like look at look at his giant campaign rally. He just ran his mouth and talked about the Democrats or going to destroy the country and if you don't vote vote for me we'll have no more country and people go crazy it's like what does that even mean <laughs> doesn't like it doesn't give, give me some substance say anything hold up the the boom box yeah and play just like what are you doing about policy earlier this week the In president the president did one of those things that just befuddles and Again, the Republican response to this was was pretty on point. Uh, President Trump threatened to furlough or lay off to uh, up to 150 employees at the office of 
personal management if Congress does not agree to eliminate the federal agency or find a new way to pay for the positions. Members of Congress who oppose the administration's plan to kill off OPM and move its functions elsewhere called the plan an effort to intimidate lawmakers and contend its attack on federal workers' rights. Oh, he has such a strong record for workers' rights, too. That's really surprising. I mean, a guy who has a history of not paying contractors. Right, renegotiating afterward. Is the guy that the working man of America out in the Midwest thought is the guy that's going to get your back. The same people in Wisconsin who voted against their their right to work. I mean, un- what has happened in the Midwest when it comes to unions and and where these people are putting their trust in lawmakers? I don't know if these people were just let down by the Democrats for so long they felt they had no other choice. But if you think the Republican Party is doing anything in the way of putting more money in your pocket and your position is not CEO, then you're out of your mind. That's just the reality of the situation. This isn't spin. This isn't any sort of an agenda. This is legit. Take a look at what they're voting on. But we, you talk about messaging. You talk about messaging, it seems like, every single week. The message is the Democrats are going to destroy America. You love America, don't you? Yeah, sure. I mean, it means Again. It, it means nothing. It's it's all about feel good. Like you you don't you don't like immigrants, do you? Coming to take your jobs? This is the America. This is the America we're all fighting for. I and got that's into the message, it, and it's got nothing in it. It's it's flimsy. I got into it with one of our listeners on the Facebook page. You actually you actually texted me about it. Uh, it got a little heated. Some things were said and done, right? Well, that's it's like escalator de-escalator. But what you said was, you know, I understand that you're not the kind of person that when they go low, you go high. Not initially. Not me. <laughs> I find a way to get lower. <laughs> you're like, oh, I we're going there. Oh, All yeah. Right. <laughs> you want to play in the mud, baby? Let's go. <laughs> Hold my rings. <laughs> I Again, as someone who's been a Republican my entire life, I can get down and dirty. Yeah. yeah. I understand how it works. I don't I don't play that game. I don't play that game. I, I I just don't do it. So homie, don't play that. That's exactly right. <laughs> I I've, I mean I've absolutely had it. But if you're voting against your own self interest, you have to understand that people are going to mock you. Sure. That's that's just going to be how it goes. It doesn't make any sense. You so can where be are upset you getting your information by- to then make your decision on who to vote for? If you're getting your information from the candidate themselves with no you know, you Donald Trump has a record now. Right. He has a record. He's delivered on a lot of things on his campaign promises. Yes. But when he doesn't have a plan, he just he just spitballs and he just says what you want what you want to hear. It's like like a lot of politicians. They just feel the room and say what they want. And if that's the excuse, he's just like every other politician. Well, isn't that why you voted for him? Was because he wasn't gonna be like every he, other politician? He talked about Oh, all the advancements they're going to do for cancer research and then got rid of uh, studying fetal tissue for 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 research and development that then leads to cures for diseases. Sure. Did you see the tweet about uh, the big breakthrough with AIDS? I didn't see the tweet. 
that? yeah, he like commended this big research project. Oh, you know what I did? I did yeah. actually see that. Despite the fact they right. cut and it happened in like At France. every turn he did not yes. help any of it. And right. he wants to take the credit for it. Right. Throw a big old Trump in gold letters on that bill yeah. and and you're good. Boom. That's what it is. I, I so look. Nobody's been smarter. Yeah. If uh, here's here's I guess ultimately my my thought is if you think that Jerry Springer final thoughts right here if you think that the be good to yourself and each other I'm Joe Aguirre if you think the lamestream media is just feeding you some nonsense and and you're getting the real skinny from Q or from right. some sort of Patriot Daily something or other right site uh. You're not. You're 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 being one of the tells I know is if banner ads are for like bomb shelters and yeah. like a lot of like get two months worth of worth of like freeze dried eggs. Maybe consider a few other sources. I'm just saying. Yes. You're not as smart as you think you are because you're getting your information from right. idiots who claim <laughs> to be getting their information from, you know, the wherever we're, and we're not saying only get your information from us i mean we're a bunch of idiots <laughs> yes but here's what we do you know you make fun of me sometimes i i, I mean i go to all different news sources to yeah. try to find information so we can deep dive and figure out what's the reality of the situation without the spin we just what is going on right. that's what we want to know about and originally i was kind of snooty when you sent me a usa today article i'm just like oh cool if i were in fourth grade i would know what's going on and then i looked at it, i was just like yeah that's, that's it's that's, just a news article that's, that's there's good. no opinion it's like this <laughs> is what good. happened and you're I like yes what i'm wrong i love it <laughs> and the layout is just so easy to it really <laughs> is it's so easy to use Divided We Stand is a Clovercrest Media Group podcast. We've got some really great programming you might enjoy. Please check it out by visiting clovercrestmedia.com. And this local news segment is powered by this CMG podcast. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Fenway Fodder. Fenway Fodder, a Clovercrest Media Group production, is a baseball podcast for Red Sox fans by Red Sox fans. Wow, this is awesome. I'm your host, Nate Zielinski, and along with my co-host, Raven, Nick, and his pup, Petey, we will be with our fans all season long. Uh, we have a great group of guys. I couldn't be happier to be sharing this experience with everyone. Streaming everywhere. Governor Lamont and legislative leaders discussed Connecticut's transportation system this past week. Lamont was joined by legislative leaders from all four caucuses for two hours to discuss efforts to modernize the transportation system of the state. Now, most of the top leaders from both parties uh, met with the governor and heard that the DOT cannot keep state roadways in good repair under the current funding structure and that the special transportation fund will go into the red within the next few years. Especially if you keep robbing it. Yes. Right. You know. Footnote. It's just, it's so obvious. It's, I mean, this has been going on for so long. There's this rainy day fund with a right. gazillion dollars oh, and it's in it. it's been pouring. Yeah. Pouring for the last 30 yeah, years. Yeah. yeah. But you're robbing everything else. You're That's robbing right. Peter to pay the rainy day fund that you never use. And uh, the red part of Connecticut will say, and you're using it to just fund Bridgeport and New Haven and Hartford. Why? The governor offered this, made this offer to the Republicans. He said, we can reduce the income tax for people earning $125,000. 
We thought if I could reduce the income tax to those folks, plus a credit on the easy pass for working families, we could make this affordable, make this doable, and get this going. There's no deal, though. Right? Republican right. leaders right. say the deal's they still got in a, his head. They got a vague question about tax reduction. They didn't get any sort of answers. Ned Lamont, I, I don't know if he's got a plan or if he's got a few versions of a plan in place, seeing what he can get away with. But he's been very short on the detail. He did it on the campaign, and he's continued to do it thus far as the governor of Connecticut. There was a lot of people saying, hey, Ned Lamont's in office, so the more Democrats hand your wallets. And you're kind of like, I mean, relax a little bit. But you look at the tolls. It's a tax. That's what it is. That's what it is. There is money to pay for roads. Right. The roads need a lot of work. There is money being generated in order to already pay for that. So even if you were to like like borrow some of the money and bond some of the money, I mean it's kind of what they've done. They have ways to get it. If you stop if you stop diverting that before it even gets there, then you could pay for the roads. If you just use the money for what you raised it for, you could pay for it. We've talked about this so many weeks now on this show. It's not a revenue problem in Connecticut. It is a spending problem and it's a budgeting problem. They don't Again, it's moving money around when well, it's designed for something. Oh, well, we got there. money here. So, yeah. No, I mean, people vote for putting money in a specific place, the lockbox. And then you see Democrats pulling money before it gets to the lockbox. Like, already. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. Trust us this time. We, but we don't have a plan. But a lot of people have agreed. Uh, Governor Mott also signed a bill in the law that places limitation on when Connecticut law enforcement officers can hold individuals sought by federal immigration officials. The Democrat released a video message saying he's proud to sign the Connecticut Trust Act, adding, we're a nation of immigrants and refugees, and nothing the president does will ever change that. Democrats have obviously been very critical of the president's immigration policy. This legislation takes effect on October 1st, going a long way towards being a sanctuary state. Sure. And Trump's going to be like, all right, turn that faucet on. Here you go. There's a good chance that you're going to see the president here a few times in 2020, if, if this be the case. Just to remind everybody of the tolls that we'll be having. And, and to uh, talk about uh, Blumenthal's record in Vietnam. Right. And, uh, right. And, and all the illegal immigrants riding our buses. That's right. Yep. That's what it's going to be. Well, nobody rides the buses, so that's uh, that's where you're wrong. But wouldn't we be happy if illegals were dry- riding on those buses? On their way to steal American jobs? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> U.S. Senators Richard Blumenthal and Chris Murphy, along with several other lawmakers, are expected to hold a news conference uh, urging Mitch McConnell to bring up gun legislation that was previously passed by the House. Uh, The bill would require universal background checks. CDC estimates 100 people die a day from firearm-related injuries. I never liked that number, and it's one of those, that 100 a day, uh, you know, I I think the suicides are up to, like, 30 a day, something like that. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's what, not... what's your issue? It seems like it's too simple of a number. Well, because and that's the argument that 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 the people on the right will make is all well, 100 people die a day. Right. Gunshots, most of the right. suicides and accidents. It's not like people are just. But again, it's like they're missing the point. Right. No, it's 100. Doesn't matter how it happens. It's either negligence or it's homicide. So limiting who has guns to me is not a bad thing. There are certain people, look, there are certain people who, 
Brian, if we were in a room and I and I brought in a dozen people, there's probably three or four people in the room. You'd be like, I don't, I don't, I'd rather them than have a gun. It could be for a variety but, but, but of the, reasons, right or wrong. But just think logically about what, right? You have to have, be a certain age to have these things. I just think that there needs to be a little bit more as far as who has them and what quantity you may have. But thinking logically about it. You're so far past that point. I, I, I don't I don't think it's a bad idea to limit guns, but I don't know that that changes the statistics of all the gun deaths because there's so many guns. And you look at who owns guns. People who own guns, they own lots of guns. Right. Like, like the people who buy guns, they buy they buy a, like it's a, you don't have one gun. Right. You've got 15. Right. You either have like a dozen guns or zero. These guns exist. You're not going to just what? do like a book burning ceremony and, and destroy all the guns? No, that's and I'm certainly not saying that in any way, shape or form. But, I, I you know, things that are that are that exist are grandfathered in. That's the way it is. If you haven't shot up a place with your AK yet, then I guess you're good. I guess we can trust you on it. Doesn't mean you won't, though. No, what it means is, though, that people who do have them, we should be aware of who has these machine guns. Sure. So background checks and security. Che- I mean, like that. It's it's worth it's worth doing. It's worth doing. Yes. But I you know, I think I think if you if you think that you pass a gun gun registration and then all of a sudden that's gonna be taken care of. You you're it's it's a long, long process before you get Chicago the number of guns. Chicago has the strictest gun laws in the country and look at all the violence there, they say. Oh, they always say that. But they forget that Indiana's right next door and it's got the most lax gun laws, and that's where all the guns are coming from that make their way to Chicago. <laughs> See a little bit of research would tell you that. So when right. you point to Chicago and you blame the Democrats, it's really the Republicans in Indiana that We're are causing that problem. Creating the guns. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. So if you say, okay, no more guns, then no, stop Indiana's saying that. like, all right. No one's saying that's no a wrap. more guns. Let's uh, make lighters instead. No, what can we do with all this metal? No one's saying no more guns. All right. Turn the machines off. That's a wrap. <laughs> Divided we No stand. one's going to buy these now. <laughs> You're great. The Vital We Stand is a Clovercrest Media Group podcast. Uh, there's some excellent programming for you to check out at clovercrestmedia.com. Our big finish is powered by this CMG podcast. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Yankee State. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. mind and i just don't think you quite understand how baseball works streaming everywhere so joe biden uh not a good week man sleepy joe i feel like we say that every week lately when it comes to joe biden he sort of doubled down on his uh segregationist comment cory booker uh called on him to apologize and uh now, Joe Biden's not going to do that. Yeah. Joe Biden, I think because Joe Biden was the president, the vice president under a black president, I feel like he thinks he's got some kind of cred. Like, I think he's honestly banking off of that. And he's like, ignore my like early on life where and, I might have been a little racist. And the comments he made uh, this past week that were incredibly tone deaf. Ignore those. He does that a lot, too. 
that's a frequent thing for him. So he said about Eastland, he said he always called me son and he never called me boy. How how could you make those comments when you're running for president and you don't understand what you're saying? I mean, that's incredibly offensive. It's incredibly offensive to to you know, he made it a joke. He talked about, oh, I'd like to return to a time in civility. I understand what he was trying to say. Right. But there's so many different ways you could have said that. You could have said it just, there's so many different examples. You could, you're running for president. You should know that your words matter. I mean, Trump's maybe don't, but. If the Democrats think. It's not good. That Joe Biden is going to be the next president, they should certainly start prepping impeachment now because it's either going to be that or you're going to see four more years of Donald Trump. I, I, I don't think Joe Biden, Joe Biden is too much like Donald Trump, except that he's got no money and the stupid stuff he says is never that interesting. Like, like grab him in the... Right. Yeah. It's never like, whoa, yeah, good for him. It's like right. Biden's an Windmills idiot. Windmills cause cancer. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's like that. That'll get your head. Say some crazy stuff. Joe Biden just says like, it's like oh, that was that stuff. was just racist. And you sound really old. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he makes Donald Trump look good. He has so many things that he can run on that are positive and are good things. But he just I don't I don't understand because he also said told a bunch of Wall Street bankers this week, too, that don't worry, nothing's going to change under me. But he's talked about repealing Trump's tax cuts. So what is it? What is it? Who knows? It can't be both. Like people, everybody has recording devices. There were reporters in the room. He says, oh, you know, nothing's going to change under me, Wall Street bankers. Like, God, Democrats <laughs> are so bad at this. They're yes. so bad at it. And and they're going to lose. They're going to lose to Donald Trump. You think Trump in term one was chaos. Term two, when he's no longer running. Well, also setting himself up just for term three. Pouring sewage <laughs> into, into like oceans. Just to be like, you know what? I got to give you credit because you've literally been saying for two years that Donald Trump's going to win. That's what's going to happen. Donald Trump raised $24.8 million for his reelection in less than 24 hours. The, Pretty good. Yeah. That wasn't all from the Koch brothers either, right? No, no. This one day haul, which was announced by Ron and McDaniel, rivals the $30.3 million Trump's campaign collected during the entire January to March fundraising quarter. Trump formally kicked off his 2020 campaign this past week with a rally in Orlando. Trump raised a record breaking $24.8 million in less than 24 hours. The enthusiasm across the country, according to McDaniel, unlike anything we've ever seen. Do we know of that figure? Do we know how many donors made up that figure? Or is it like a couple people gave him all this money? I mean, so yeah. I'm sure like the Koch brothers are right. responsible. I'd like to see the representative of pie it. chart of what that of what that looks like. Well, like, this well, is... six guys gave you all of it, and then uh, sorry, three hundred people this all chipped in ten dollars with you MAGA. You won't hats. see any of that right. stuff because oh, transparency. Yeah, it came. Arguably, from... <laughs> no one loves transparency more than Donald Trump. He's the most transparent president. 
but you Quite can't. Obviously. Yeah, but he just doesn't respond to subpoenas. So the constant attacks against Donald Trump, and and, I, and this is something I've been look. I, I don't like the job the president's done. I I think he's disrespected the office over and over again. Yes, Bill Clinton was a scumbag too. That's not going to work on me. You can't. You can't. <laughs> don't argue that because I felt the same way right. about that. People guy. were arguing that since 1992. Yes, and I've agreed with it ever since. That guy was the worst. The, the Clintons are not good people. The Trumps are just worse. That that doesn't mean any of this is okay. I like Clinton. He would probably run as a as a Republican now. He probably would. His right. wife probably should have, and Trump probably should have ran as a Democrat. He would have won. If <laughs> Trump, here we are. if Trump had run as a Democrat, he would have won in a landslide. No, oh, but he, and it would have been as simple as saying Mexicans are the best. Right. I think they should all come here, and the the liberals would have loved them. Right. We're not building a wall. We're building a resort. There you go. <laughs> Right messaging. We're going to build a wall and create jobs in the process for everybody. And it'll be great. It would have. He could have totally Trump won the, the Democrat day. in the bizarro, the bizarro universe. Brian, given the state of <laughs> where we are, our final story of today certainly makes a makes a lot of sense. Millions of Americans are More getting behind Trump. the wheel, uh, stoned out of their mind, mm. according to a startling new report from the American Automobile Association Foundation for Traffic Safety. Okay. Over the past 30 days, an, est- an estimated 15 million drivers admitted to driving within an hour of using marijuana. Do we know where, again, who are they polling? This is a national group? A national group. Nonpartisan, I'm sure. Nonpartisan. Drivers have a disconnect in terms of the impairment effects of marijuana on their driving ability. Anybody who's ever driven high knows what I'm talking about. You're like, I'm more focused when I'm stoned than when I'm not. You're still impaired. You've probably heard, but you've heard people say that. I drive better when I'm high. It's like, you don't drive well at all. I had a friend of mine who used to say, you know what? I don't drive well when I'm stoned, so I drink a couple beers, and then that kind of levels me out. (laughs) Oh, jeez. How's that guy doing? Yeah. Probably just fine. Uh, the, the disconnect is strikingly so clear. The latest AAA uh, index found as many as 70% of drivers don't think they'll get caught driving while high. That's ultimately what it comes down to. Well, one of the big reasons and, and arguments against the legalization is, well, how can you tell if someone's high? You can blow uh, blood alcohol content. You can blow into a breathalyzer. You can say, oh, you can quantify it. That's been one of the reasons why people don't want legalization. There are ways to tell. I will say this. To quantify and this just is quick- not me speaking as any sort of an expert, but in my own experiences, I think I've seen a bigger discrepancy in the reflexes and reaction time of somebody impaired by alcohol as opposed to somebody in marijuana. I, I told you guys uh, a few weeks ago, we had a production meeting. I was talking about uh, CNN. Uh, it was a story through CNN. I think it was more of a local News thing that got picked up by CNN, but a a state trooper had a group that he that they brought in and uh, they these people would smoke a joint and get in the car and drive. And the state troopers job was to continue to watch the way they operated their reflexes. And then he would pull them over. Okay, And once around, everybody smoked. They everybody gets out. They smoke another joint. These people like no joke. Four or five times each they were going around. No sweat. The cop yeah. was like, everyone's doing great. Yeah. There was one particular girl 
She was like 18, super cute kind of hippie chick, right? 18 times around. <laughs> and she looks at the camera and she goes, and I was stoned as when I got here. How about that? And the cop was like, I would not pull this girl over. What a over. medical marvel she is. She's unbelievable. There was another dude, too, man. I wish we could explain it, but we don't believe in science. This guy was like, they were telling, he was like, <laughs> he was like, this is great, man. He'd get in the car and he would drive the course again. And the cop was like, he's nailing it. So there's definitely a difference between the effects. And I'm not saying you should drive high. I kind of, what I'm saying is, unscientifically, Brian, I get it. But it's also kind of the argument of saying if, oh, if you drink six beers a day and you have three beers, you could probably operate a car, even though you're drunk. But you drink six beers a day. You you are comfortable in that state. You know and it's your dangerous. limits. It's, it's dangerous. Right. It's dangerous. I'm not advocating to drive drunk or drive stoned. I'm not doing that. But if you smoke every single day, you take a hit and then you go drive, chances are you're 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 okay. At you know, it. you're not gonna hit the stroller in the walkway. I, I I look at these numbers though and I think to myself, why is this still illegal? I mean, clearly everyone's doing it. Right. The only people that aren't doing it are people like uh making legislation. Correct. I here's the here's I I'm gonna tell you my thoughts on I was thinking about this earlier today. That's cool, because when I got here I was just like, Oh, let's talk about legalization. What are your thoughts on it, Joe? Those two topics in particular, the only people who are against legalizing marijuana and homosexuality are people who don't know anything about it and what they know about it, they're scared to death of it. They're really curious about what it would be like. What does the Bible say about weed? But it doesn't matter what the... Because I think the basic lesson in the Bible was to Basically. make use of what God put on the earth. If God put this plant on the earth for you to smoke, I guess you're doing the Lord's work. Preach. Yeah, you like that, right? <laughs> I just, I find it funny. Again, the same people passing abortion laws are people who think that, you know, that system can just shut itself down during a rape. Or they use words like a legitimate rape. Well, they say, oh, marijuana is a gateway drug. Somebody who's an addict is going to, it's it's the same reason as right. you say, well, you ban all the guns. Well, somebody who's crazy is going to get a gun. Well, somebody who's an addict is going to find a way to numb themselves. Right. That's all it comes down and to. It, and it escalates because you're an addict. The vice president was uh, on a, a with Jake Tapper from CNN and was asked simply if climate change is a threat to the world. Right. Easy answer. And he kept saying, we're going to follow the science on that. No, but you're not following and the Jake science. Jake Tapper said, well, it's settled. They already said it. I and he said, nah. I can't put a beaker on my desk and then call myself a scientist. Like, that's not how it works. I think we have to go back. It's like, whatever Dr. Oz says, we'll go with it. We have to figure Even out. Even Dr. Oz would agree with the science. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. We have to find a way to get facts back on the table. I don't know. I don't know how we go about that. But science is real. Yeah. And the Bible is kind of unverified. Like, maybe God wrote it, or maybe a guy did. We don't know. Or maybe they passed down stories for hundreds and hundreds of years yes. before they wrote it. Right. So it's a little suspect is right. all I'm saying. So they didn't have some kind of 
method to prove what they were saying. Right. That's good. Science is a real thing. Like, come on. I'm terrible at science. I never did well in it. I find respect it. The the word it's real. You know what the word in science is that really throws people for a loop is the the term theory. The theory of evolution sounds like right. some C student named Charles Darwin, right. who was not a good student. Got plenty as we of know. theories on things. He thought some stuff. What? That's science. Right. What do you you know what I mean? No, that's religion. But then when you asked him if what yeah, <laughs> if you asked him what they think of the theory of gravity, that one hits home. That because one makes sense. By nature, science they're never going to say this is never a possibility. Scientifically, all the evidence points to this being real. That's why it's the theory. Go back to the polls of 2016. Hillary Clinton had like a 75% chance of winning the election. Right. She's nah. I mean, right? How, Donald Trump defied the odds. No, he still had like a solid 20, like one in four he could win right. if things went the right way, and right. they did. A lot of people were hypothesizing that, that he had no chance. That doesn't defy science. If they would have been like, it's a 99% chance that he wins, or that she wins, I'm so glad, then clearly Russia. I'm so glad that we've explained science to everybody. People who are like, what is Science. Can we use it in a sentence? Answer, yes. <laughs> I just, I, I, I would say, honestly, Brian, I think even most smart people don't really understand that. You, you develop a theory, and then you test it like 8,000 times. Right. And then. And then after all those 8,000. Yes. Pass, you're like, this is probably a true thing. And when then, I throw it up in the air. Sure. That's when they the put ground. it up for peer review. So, like, four other people also test your theory. Right. They run it 8,000 times, and they're like, you oh, my God. You get your deep state friends to then uh, all yeah. jump into it because, you know, you're all making money because science. You know, you all threw something up in the air. It all landed. We're going to follow the science on this That's one, right. Ryan. That's good. As soon as they settle it. Clovercrestmedia.com is the website. Divided We Stand is the show. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at DWS News Podcast. I look forward to duking it out with anybody uh, whose opinion is wrong this week. And I look forward to reining you back in. I love it. That's Brian Forster. I'm Joe McGuire. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Divided We Stand.